The China and Africa podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Africa-China Reporting Project at Wits University in Johannesburg. The ACRP promotes balanced, considered reporting on Africa-China relations through innovative training programs held throughout the year. More information at africachinareporting.co.za. Hello and welcome to another edition of the China in Africa podcast. I'm Eric Olander, and as always, I'm joined by Kobus van Staden, the senior China-Africa researcher at the South African Institute of International Affairs in Johannesburg, South Africa. A very good afternoon to you, Kobus. Good afternoon. Kobus, one of the remarkable things about the new job that I have at the China-Africa project, this is a new job because I now produce a newsletter every day, and what that entails is I have to sit there go out onto social media, go out onto Google, find all these different sources and pick stories to kind of put into our daily newsletter. What amazes me about this newsletter and what's out there is the breadth and variety of stories. Because so often in the normal conversation about the Chinese in Africa in places like the US or Europe or even Japan to some extent, it focuses on what are they, what, debt, uh, infrastructure, Chinese migrants, and we miss so much of the other things going on. And one of those things that's going on that goes really sight unseen by most observers outside of Africa is in the space sector. And I've just, and I've noticed this from the newsletter where I'm just putting in story after story after story about the space sector. So let me give you a few kind of, as I say, dots on the map here uh, of what's happened just in the past few months. Uh, On November 3rd, uh, Sudan Remote Sensing Satellite SRSS-1 was launched from the Taiyuan Satellite Launch Center in northern Shanxi province. Uh, That was launched by Shenzhen Aerospace Oriental Red Sea Satellite Company on behalf of the Sudanese government. And that is going to be used for both civilian and military purposes. Uh, Then there's the China Academy of Space Technology, which is building Ethiopia's ETRSS-1 remote sensing satellite. That is due to be launched next month in December. Um, Also this year, we've had a new agreement for phase two of the Chinese-funded MIRSAT-2 satellite project in Egypt. And there are space initiatives underway right now between the Chinese and South Africa, Angola, Namibia, and Kenya. Some of those are just in the early conversations, but others really are uh, at, at very advanced stages. And I guess, Kobus, this is a part of the relationship that shows the breadth and diversity of the relationship, but it's also one of those aspects that uh, is very poorly understood. Yes, I definitely think so. It's also one of those aspects, I think, that that frequently the West tends to discount um, in in relation to Africa, you know, there 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 is I think there's an assumption that tech, space, and other similar sectors, Africa, that Africa is just not a kind of a space where this kind of thing is relevant. Um, and what one what one sees is that African governments certainly don't agree, and that they they a lot of them have space ambitions, and that. China and increasingly Russia are countries that are willing to willing and able to to help them to achieve these ambitions. So we wanted to find somebody to be able to kind of shed some light on what are the key trends in the China Africa space relationship, and we found really the best person, Temadayo Onyosan, who is the founder and managing director at the news and analysis website Space in Africa. By the way, if you want to know everything about space in Africa, that is the website to go. Uh, very good afternoon. Temadayu, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's good to be on the show. 
Yeah, it's fantastic to have you. Well, why don't you? Why don't we just start with you know? I listed a bunch of the initiatives, and these were all news stories that were on your website. Uh, and you are editing this site every day. Uh, have you seen an uptick in the level of space engagement between the Chinese and African states, or is this something that's been going on for years? Uh, well, it's been going on for a while, but it's it's really recent. Um, I mean, a lot of other countries are not paying attention to Africa, especially when it comes to the space industry. Um, but the way the African space industry has been growing um, for uh, in, in the past few years has been crazy. Um, so I think this is one of the reasons why China is, you know, here to, to get a bit of that. Um, the African space industry is developing at a very fast rate, uh, faster than, you know, every other region in the world. And, you know, this is opening up a lot of business opportunities and all of that. And in the past, you've, we've had um, Europe, um, we've had um, Asia, uh, we've had Europe, we've had Russia, um, yeah, we've had other Asian countries, you know, trying to do uh, space businesses in Africa. But in the past few years, uh, China has been trying to dominate that. Um, and can you give us an idea about what, you know, when we talk about the space industry in Africa, like what 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 are we talking about? Um, you know, the, the the stories that I've been seeing has been a lot of satellite launches. Um, and then I wonder if you could talk us through, you know, kind of what, you know, what else is going on in that sector? And then also, what are some of the main things that these satellites are used for? Yes. So um, let me let me give you a visual perspective. So in the in the past 21 years, about 39 satellites have been launched by African countries. Um, and these were launched by, you know, 10 different African countries. Um, and three out of those satellites were actually launched by, uh, they were like a multilateral project uh, where African countries came together to say, oh, you know what, let us launch a mission for this particular thing. Um, so, so that's the current status. Uh, but you see, according to our projection, in the next five years, uh, more than 70 new satellites are going to be launched. So that means uh, the number of satellites that will be launched in the next five years is almost double of what Africa launched in the past 21 years. So uh, this shows how much uh, investment Africa is putting into space technologies. And these satellites are being used for various reasons. Uh, uh, one of the things that I tell people is that Africa is not necessarily interested in space exploration. Africa is more interested in using space technologies to solve socioeconomic problems. So problems from agriculture to the system management to environmental monitoring and all of that. These are challenges that African countries are using satellites uh, you know, to solve. And uh, in, the past, uh, in the past couple of years, uh, we, we've had uh, involvement from France, from Russia, uh, from India, from Japan, from Ukraine, and all of that, uh, you know, helping African countries to to develop these technologies and actually put them in space. Uh, you know, a, a, a lot of, uh, for example, a lot of these satellites were actually launched in the U.S., uh, in France, and in Russia. Uh but China has been coming up uh, in the past, you know, two, three years, trying to put a couple of these satellites in space for Africa. Um, and, you know, they've come to, uh, you know, to, 
to to dominate this because in the past few years china has actually gotten more satellites in africa you know than any other country so it's interesting whereas in the united states a lot of space a lot of the space work is done for research in africa it's just another extension of the infrastructure development much like they're building 4g and now 5g networks or roads or ports or bridges uh, you know, these satellites are, as you pointed out, used for, for space, but I, th- I mean, used for, uh, for practical terms to solve social and economic challenges in Africa. But I think what m- many people may find surprising, and I'd like you to address this because I'm sure it's a common question that you get, on a continent where poverty levels are still very, very high, where education is still quite basic, where roads don't always work and the infrastructure is subpar, where is the money coming from to launch all of this? Is this are they doing deals much like they're doing with other Chinese infrastructure projects where it's financed by the Chinese and then in that build operate transfer model the Chinese run it, make some money off of it and then sell it back? What is the financing mechanism for these various satellites and all this space activity that's going on? Okay, so unlike popular opinion, um most of these satellite projects were actually funded by African governments uh, and commercial companies in Africa. Uh, and then we've got like some financing from universities and all of that. Uh, but uh, for example, according to our analysis, um, only 5% of you know the funding for the satellite that Africa has launched in the past 21 years uh, actually came from foreign sponsors. You know, the rest came from African governments, commercial companies in Africa, and universities in Africa. And yes, China has some form of financing model, especially for infrastructure projects in Africa. Uh, but it's actually only China that has that model in Africa. Uh, so we've got Europe persons in the African space industry. Uh, America is trying to come in. Um, and we've got Russia and the likes. And... All of these people come in, you know, they get this, they sign contracts and they get the money up front, you know. So African government actually, you know, they finance this project with cash. It's only China that has this model of, you know, providing some form of aid, you know, um, and grants in form of loans to actually finance this project. Um, I saw in you know in the your coverage of some of the satellite launches that, for example, in the the case of the recent satellite that was launched um, by the Sudanese government, um, that that frequently the satellites are also used for security purposes. Um, what does that mean? Like, what kind of security applications are being pursued through satellite technology in Africa? Uh, well, I would say it's mostly surveillance. You know, we've not really had like a deep tech space solution for security in Africa, except probably the Condor satellites that was launched by uh, by South Africa, which was built by Russia. Uh, but most of these Earth observation satellites are mainly just for surveillance. And, you know, yeah, you know, security in terms of surveillance. So not really uh, some deep tech solution. So if we say surveillance, then would it be like video surveillance? I mean, that the, the kind that we, that, you know, that my strong association is with that the U.S. Army would use in places like Afghanistan, for example. Would it be surveillance of phone, like telephone, telecommunication or phone conversations? Like what kind of surveillance are we talking about? Okay, so most of these satellites are earth observation satellites. So it's not, it's not communication. 
uh the surveillance is just you know you've got a you've got an object up in space that can see you know anywhere on earth right uh but also most of these satellites they don't really have um uh, they don't have like a very high resolution, so their applications are also very limited. Uh, so it's not, like I said, it's not deep surveillance. It's just surveillance, the normal surveillance that an ordinary Earth observation satellite does. An Earth observation satellite is able to take pictures of, depending on the type of satellite, dif pictures of different locations on Earth. Um, you know, but yeah, countries can actually use this for security purposes. Uh, it's like give give Nigeria, for example, uh, they could make use of their uh, their Earth observation satellite to actually, in some way, track uh, you know insecurities. Track uh, there was a time you know some girls were kidnapped in in the region. They could have used some Earth observation satellite to actually do the tracking. Uh, you know, and combat that kind of uh, insecurity challenge. So, yeah, it's not it's not too deep uh, tech, uh, but yeah, it's like surface tech, but it's also very useful. It's interesting because we've been talking a lot about surveillance on the ground through all the various telecommunications technologies and whatnot. And so, and that's a lot of that is Chinese equipment and Chinese technology, and then also being trained by Chinese uh, staff, both in Beijing and on the ground in Africa. And it brings me to the point of where is the expertise coming to not only kind of come up with the satellites, but also to manage them once they're in orbit? Is this something that's being done by the Chinese in China, or are they doing training programs? How does it happen once it's up in orbit to maintain this new piece of infrastructure? Well, almost every satellite project in Africa has, you know, capacity development program built into it. Uh, you know, because a lot of these countries, a lot of African countries can't actually develop these technologies. Uh, I mean, we've we've had improvements in the past couple of years where some of these countries are, are actually building their technologies, uh, you know, maybe, you know, especially the small version of the technology like, like a CubeSat. Uh, but capacity development is an integral part of any satellite project in Africa. And, uh, you know, this is usually part of the agreement that is signed between, you know, the country and maybe uh, the other country that is developing the satellite or the other uh, company that is developing the satellite. So, uh, and usually capacity development can come in, you know, different ways. Sometimes they send engineers from like Africa to whatever facility that is out there. Um, and then they get, they go there to, you know, learn about the technology and all of that and how to manage and operate the technology uh because you know if you're trying to build a satellite right you you end up even if china is building the satellite for you you're still gonna have a ground station in your country and your country citizens have to manage that so uh they've got to be trained on how to do all of that uh because oftentimes you know the capacity is not available right in africa um so it's usually part of the deal. African countries send their engineers and scientists out there, you know, to learn how to manage all of these technologies and in some cases how to actually develop these technologies. 
Now, just a quick follow-up question is, because the Chinese are launching more, are they doing more capacity development? And the point that I'm trying to get to here is, are certain standards of managing a space program now being more aligned with the Chinese way of doing things than other ways, much as we've seen, for example, in the telecommunication space, where Huawei, for example, is now the de facto standard on the continent because of just it's there's more of it. And so I guess, are we creating a dependency here with... China because of the volume of launches and the type of engagement that's going on? Okay, first of all, China is not the standard in Africa. China has, uh, you know, Europe still has the highest number of deals from Africa. Europe has, you know, developed and launched more satellites for Africa than any other region. So China is not the standard here. Uh, China is just trying to come up now. I mean, Maybe in the next two, three, four years, uh, China can be, you know, maybe at the top because they've been signing a lot of contracts lately. Uh, but currently, China is not the standard. And, you know, the whole capacity development thing, it's also, it's dependent on projects, you know. Um, it's because usually every satellite deal come with some capacity development program. So yeah, it's all about how many deals are you signing and what kind of capacity development program are you building into it. But you know, that aside, there are like a lot of other capacity development programs going on in Africa uh, around the space sector. Uh, there's like a lot of trainings and workshops on earth observation. Uh, I mean, even the African Union is investing a lot in capacity developments in that area. So. This is not this is not a China thing. Uh, let's just say it's the focus of you know Africa, not just the countries, even the African Union to actually build capacity um, in space technologies in Africa, and you know they've been investing a lot in this in the past years. Support for this podcast comes from the Africa China Reporting Project at Wits University School of Journalism in Johannesburg. The ACRP provides reporting grants, workshops, and other professional development opportunities for both African and Chinese journalists. Follow the ACRP on Twitter at WitsChinaAfrica or visit africachinareporting.co.za for information about grants and upcoming seminars. You know, okay, this is a somewhat broad question, but... You know, as, as someone who follows this, this sector and the development of the sector in Africa very closely, do you feel that all of the money that, that Africa is pumping into this, um, and then also the debt that's being accrued, you know, to, to also to fund this, is it is it justified? Is, is Africa going to get like a space dividend from all of this investment? Okay, so, so this is it. A lot of investments in space technology does not necessarily bring in cash return, you know, um, especially if you're putting an net observation satellite out there. Um, in 2018, the African space industry generated about $7.37 billion in revenue. Um, and in the next five years, that, that, that revenue is going to grow to over $10 billion. So yeah, there's a lot of money in the industry. So it's a matter of, you know, what? where's this money going to? Is this money staying in Africa? Is this money going abroad? And, you know, one of the, the, the leading revenue for this is satellite TV, you know, which is, um, uh, which is as a result of communication satellite, for example. So 
the the return on investment on space technologies in Africa it all depends on a lot of factors. You know, like what is the interest of the country? Does the country just want to solve problem, or does the country want to make money? You know, if you if you want to make money, for example, you can put an, a, a communication satellite in space. There's like a very huge market for that. NILESATS, for example, uh, you know, they make about $200 million every year. So it depends on what your end goal is. You know, for a lot of countries, they just want a technology that is going to produce data that can be used in research. Uh, and in various applications, various industry applications. And when you think about this kind of investment, it's not, it's not necessarily an investment that you can, you know, like put the price tag on because it's, it, it's a lot of value. Um, take Nigeria, for example. There's been a lot of investment in space technologies in, in Nigeria. And, you know, all of these satellite data are actually available for research purposes. And they've used this data to do a lot of research. Uh, and, you know, they make the data available for research purpose for free. And researchers have been using this and also in the industry. So you can't necessarily put a price tag on this and say, oh, you know, what? Uh, this is how much we've made. Because it's not like some form of cash that you're getting in return. It's like an investment in infrastructure. So it might not make sense to an ordinary person, uh, but it's it, it, it's a lot of investment in research and development in the country. Um, so it, it depends on what the country wants. It depends on you know the kind of national space policy and strategy a company is working around. Um, that would determine you know what their end goal should be. But yeah, if you want to make cash return on satellite investment, the market is there. A lot of countries are already doing that in Africa. Uh, but if you just want to contribute to research and development in your country, you can also do that. Where should we look to the future when you're looking out one, two, three years about the Chinese role in Africa's space sector and space industry? What are some of the key trends we should be focusing on? Okay. Um, yeah. China is, you know, trying to work with, you know, literally trying to sign deals with almost any country. Um, but, you know, I, I would say, let, let's let's see what the next two years says. I mean, presently now, at this rate, uh, China will probably be the biggest, you know, satellite um, contractor in Africa in the next two years. Uh, but, you know, U.S. is trying to wake up their country in the U.S. now interested in doing space business in Africa. And we've been getting lots more interest from Europe too. Uh, so the competition is is increasing. Um, and let's see if China can just hold on to this. If they can, that that, that would be great. Uh, but at, at this rate, in the next two years, China is going to be the largest satellite um, contractor from Af in Africa. Temadayo Onyosun is the founder and managing director at the news and analysis website Space in Africa. You can find this website at africanews.space. It's an absolutely indispensable website if you're looking at the broader kind of China-Africa relationship. There is quite a bit of China-Africa news that's on this website. Just go to the site, hit the search button, type in China, and boom, page after page after page of stuff comes up. Uh, 
you know, Temedayo, if people want to follow both you and Space in Africa, what's the best way for them to do it and stay in touch? Yeah, follow us on Twitter or on every social media. We're on every social media, so. Uh, and it's also a great way to keep in touch with um, what's going on in Africa. So uh, follow Space in Africa on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Our handle is Space in Africa 1. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Temidayuniyashi. Okay, well, I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. And we've just started up a subscription service. You have a subscription service. So why don't you give a, a little plug for uh, what your subscription service offers? Yes. Um, so we do a lot of in-depth uh, business analysis uh, about the African space industry, uh, which is available to our premium subscribers. A lot of articles on our website is available to you know everyone uh, about in-depth analysis, about investment, about projects, and what the future um, odds for the African space industry is available for our premium subscribers. And uh, we invite people to to do a subscription today. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And it's so exciting for us to have the chance to talk about this topic with you. Thank you very much for the invite. Kobus, the most interesting thing to think about space in Africa is that it's just another piece of infrastructure. I thought, I never really thought of it that way. I always think of space as this kind of exotic research, landing on the moon, Mars. I don't know much about space, to be honest with you. I know probably as much as the next guy does. But when Utemadayu kind of said it's really in pursuit of Africa's social and economic needs. That made a lot of sense. And that also makes a lot of sense why the Chinese are engaged in it so actively. Uh, interesting, also another takeaway, that the Chinese don't dominate the space the way that they do, say, in telecoms. Uh, so there is a little bit of a uh, of you know a lot of competition going on there. So a couple of interesting takeaways from the discussion with Temadayo. Yes, very interesting, and it it it, it clearly um, chimes with the wider Chinese kind of Belt and Road you know vision of of connectivity. You know the Belt and Road has an official Belt and Road and space section, um, and you know it's one can see why the Chinese would be interested in in, in climbing this particular ladder in Africa. You know and 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 the, how rapidly. They're kind of expanding their presence in the field is very interesting. What's also very interesting for me is how Europe and China and Russia are all very, very active in this space, but the U.S. doesn't seem to be that active in the African space. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see if U.S. presence is going to increase. Well, the big problem, I think, facing the U.S. is the fact that this is they want cash up front. <laughs> As, as Temadayu said, whereas the, the Chinese are willing yes. to finance. And I think that's it's hard for an African government to come up with hundreds of millions of dollars to put a, uh, a satellite into space and to pay for the launch, the research, and all of that. So I think the financing mechanisms are going to be very difficult for the Americans unless they can figure something out. But this might also be one of the areas where America's private sector comes in. But again, you know, SpaceX and some of these others aren't cheap either, and they're not going to kind of pay on credit either. So... That's going to be a tough run for, uh, for I think, for the Americans and where the Chinese will come in again with the same way that they're financing roads or bridges or ports or other things. Uh, it's interesting because when, I, when he was talking about a lot of these space initiatives, I kept thinking, too, of the Arctic. And with the there's a big battle going on now in the Arctic as the, the, the snow is melting away, a new kind of sea lanes are starting to open up. The Chinese are very aggressive there. And the Chinese, and that has an impact on Africa in part because... Uh, now the distance to go from Africa to China is going to change. 
And so it's part of these new frontiers that China seems to be engaging Africa in, uh, at least from our vantage point, more than other stakeholders. Now, that just might be because we look at the Chinese side more. So I'll put that out there as a, as a disclaimer. But it, there does seem to be a lot of interest in these new frontiers, if you will. Yes, very much. And, you know, not least from African governments, you know, so it's it's very interesting to see the particular kind of African exp- um, ap- applications of this technology, the way that it gets gets focused on African issues and African problems, and also the way that it's actually being increasingly focused on African law enforcement. So, for example, South Africa has used space tracking of ships uh, to crack down on drug trafficking and to crack down on illegal fishing. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, you know, as, as more African governments gain capacity in this respect, how it's going to change governance in Africa. And of course, there is that worrisome security and surveillance aspect of it all that also is a concern with the telecommunication side that in governments that don't have the uh, the laws or the restrictions or the guidelines in place to protect citizen rights, that this is yet another technology that can be used for both good, but also for ill as well. Once again, I'd like to give a plug for Space in Africa. It's a site that not a lot of people know about, uh, particularly in our space in the geopolitical economic side of things, uh, africanews.space. It's a lot like what the China Africa Project's doing in that it is it, you know, very impartial, just putting out the information, letting everybody else make up their mind what they want to do with it. Not a lot of politics on there, but a lot of great information about African space news and analysis. So that'll do it for this edition of the China in Africa podcast. Uh, Again, you can stay in touch with us any way you want. We've got all our social channels, which at the end of the show, the nice lady will tell us where to find uh, us on on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. Uh, But if you'd like to email us directly, you can email me at eric at chinaafricaproject.com. Also, we have our subscription daily newsletter, which is what I mentioned at the top of the show uh, that Kobus and I work on every day to prepare for a lot of uh, decision makers, policymakers, ambassadors, Uh, They're the ones who are getting this newsletter every day. People using uh, China Africa news and information for their professional careers are the people who subscribe to this. And if that's you, then you definitely want to give it a try. Uh, We're about to launch a new initiative where you can try for two weeks and just see what you like. So I'll let you know when that kind of kicks in. We're changing some of our back-end technology right now. But if you'd like to uh, to subscribe for a month for free and then see if you like it, go ahead and check out ChinaAfricaProject.com slash subscribe. So that'll do it for Kobus van Staden in Johannesburg. I'm Eric Olander. Thank you so much for listening. The discussion continues online. Head over to facebook.com slash China Africa Project to share your thoughts on today's show. The guys are also on Twitter, where you can find Kobus at Stadinsky or Eric at E. Olander. And be sure to sign up for the weekly China in Africa email newsletter by going to www.chinaafricaproject.com. 